to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Today I want to continue a message uh, looking at different passages from the book of Acts. I've been covering the book of Acts over the last few weeks as we are drawing near to the, to the time where the church celebrates Pentecost and, and the coming of the Holy Spirit and how the church really took off and began I thought it could be a good time to look at Acts chapter 4 and just really see how, how the church was growing at this time. And, uh, and the Bible says in Acts chapter 4, it says, While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest of the captain of the temple guard. And some of the Sadducees, the leaders, were very disturbed that Peter and John were preaching and teaching to the people that through Jesus there, was a res- or there is a resurrection of the dead. And they arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it. So the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. And, and so the, the Bible gives a record of, of a historical record of how the church grew, how it began. And, and, and Peter preached his first sermon, and 3,000 people believed. Uh, we know that right after the coming of the Holy Spirit on the people, that, that people were hearing the gospel preached in all different languages. And, and so God was multiplying. The church was growing so fast. And then here's another one of these passages where, where they... God is using the, the faithfulness of, of John and Peter as they're preaching. But it also says, besides the people who believed, it also says they started getting pushback. And the church was under attack. Uh, the church began fruitfully, and it also began uh, at, the, at the same time being so fruitful and growing, it was also being persecuted and under great challenge and great struggles. And and Acts chapter 4 tells us that, once again, the message is going out, and now 5,000 men believe. This doesn't even let us know exactly how many people were in the first church. But the first church was growing. It began fast. It began based off of even troubles and the arrests of Peter and John. So the, the, the church experienced some problems. Let's keep reading verse 5. The Bible says the next day the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Many of these same people had met to condemn Jesus. So kind of put that a little bit away in your memory bank and think about that the same group that had Jesus executed is now interviewing or uh, putting them on trial. It said, Annas the high priest was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in the two disciples and demanded, By what power or whose name have you done this? Now, they're referring to a crippled man who they healed in the, in the chapter previously. And this healing and this miracle led them to this audience that they had, which led them to then sharing that there is hope in Christ. The first church began by hope and through hope, and specifically through hope in Christ and what happens with those who follow him. And so the, the scripture says, then verse 8, let's jump all the way down to verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, why are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all 
and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. So, so think about this. They heal someone in Jesus' name. They get a crowd. They preach the good news that there is a resurrection from the dead, that there's hope in Christ, eternal hope. The church is taking off. People are becoming believers. They're following. People are also upset. And these people who are upset have the power, or at least they think they have the power, to do the same thing that they did to Jesus. Um, and so they, they arrest Peter and John. And they say, by whose authority do you do this? And they said, we do this in the name of the one you already crucified, who rose again. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like the silence that came over that room the moment they spoke about Jesus? They just had him killed. They thought they were done with him. They thought it was over. See, the church began when people went from not only being hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We see that Peter and John, they're healing the sick. They're, they're preaching the good news. They're bold. They're confident. They're standing up to evil. And they're not afraid. The scripture says, and Jesus gave the disciples this message. He said, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. You see, the church has to be filled with not just people who hear it. It's, it's like if you tell your children, go clean your room. They hear you. And in fact, the reason we know they hear you is probably because you do something like I do. And I'll say, did you hear me? Yeah. And you, you kind of probably raise your voice. Hey, did you hear me? You get that, that change of inflection. Uh, and and, and you've got that, that, that voice that, that they know, oh, he's serious now. And maybe you have the differing voices as well. But they still don't clean the room. Do they hear you? Yes, they hear you but they haven't become a doer. And Jesus said, everyone who hears my words and does them will be like someone who has built his house on a rock. The rains can come, the winds may blow, but that house will still be standing. See, the church began when the church learned to stop just hearing and doing. The Sadducees and the Pharisees and everybody judging Peter and John they come from a long line of people who were just hearers. People who just would hear and do nothing about it. They had everything to be prepared for the coming of Christ. They had all the scriptures. They, they had all of the relevant resources, but they didn't have heart. In fact, they were more concerned that, that they would have their own audiences than they were about actually doing and following scripture. They loved when they could control the crowd. And now the, the crowd had been swayed. They thought that this, the crowds would dissipate and, and disperse. And, and once Jesus had been crucified, it would be over. They were expecting that this story of his resurrection would soon fade. But instead, it was backfiring on them. 
And his fame became, became greater and greater. See, most estimates say Jesus had this, this group of people, about 120 to 500, that were following him near the end on the ascension when he ascended up into heaven. And then all of a sudden, Peter preaches his first sermon, and there in Acts chapter 1 and 2, where we see the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the church multiplies to 3,000. And now we see after this testimony and this miracle that there were 5,000 men who were now professing to be believers. The church was now growing so fast. It began boldly and fast. And it began on hope. It began because people were willing to be doers and not just hears of the word see if if we preach messages and and many of us if we hear the message of jesus but we don't do anything with it then we're no different than those previous generations he's called us to be doers of the word it began by the church began and took off when when there were were mighty acts of god moving through the power of the holy spirit and moving through these men and women who were committed to being doers of the word the scripture says that they could not control them. In fact, later on, Peter says this. Let me clearly state to you all that the, way, the reason we've been doing this and the way we've been doing this is through the powerful name of Jesus. See, the name of Jesus, it's that name that gives hope to all. It, gives, it should be given hope to us. In fact, he goes on to describe, he says, for Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures. They would have known this because they would have known the scriptures. He says, in the name of Jesus, it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we may be saved. Okay, just, for, just in case you're in that group that believes kind of like all roads lead to Sacramento or whatever that song or saying was, um, there's only one way to God. There's only one way to an eternity with God, and that's through his son, Jesus. This is what was being professed in the early church. How did it begin? How did the church begin? It began when, when his followers became doers. They, 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 they stopped being just hearers of the word. They started becoming doers, and they started building their house on a solid foundation. And, and this foundation started becoming bold and saying, there is salvation in no one else. You can't have this one, this option. Oh, oh by the way, that one. It, it's not like when you, when you go to a fast food place, you say, I'll take one. I'll take combo number three. And maybe you've done like what I've done, like, okay, I just want the, the sandwich. I don't want the, the other items. How much is that? And it's almost the same price, and you, you start getting, it starts getting complicated. The world is complicated salvation. It's complicated it because it said there's many ways to being saved or who needs to be saved in the first place. But Peter and John in their boldness says there is no way to be saved except through Christ. This is how the church began. It began on solid footing, the footing theologically that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. When you're building a building, you want it to be square and not crooked. You have to make sure that your cornerstone is right, that it's level, that it's square. And then you build from there. The church began with that cornerstone, which was Christ. And Peter and John are telling these, these leaders who had Jesus killed that the church 
is now being built. Now they knew the temple, they knew of synagogues, but now they're having to face the reality that there's a church growing up in their midst, and they didn't like it. But for those of us who were becoming part of the church, that church in the book of Acts, and those of us who are part of the church now, there's a few things that we come to realize about how it began and, and then how it's still today. The, the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2, it says, There is no one holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. See, the church began on this solid foundation with Jesus as the chief cornerstone, and he became our rock, this holy rock. And, and I love how, how it says it here. And there is no rock like our God. Incomparable. See, how the church began, it's incomparable. How does it continue on? It's incomparable. When you start making comparisons about the church, you're going to fall short because there is just one God, one holy God. And to compare how it has sustained itself over the years is only by his, by his mighty right hand. There is no one holy but God. There is no one like his church. There's nothing like his church. It's incomparable. The church began like nothing before. There was no comparison can be made of how the church was taking off in first century Rome. There is no comparison to explain how the church still exists today, even after all the attacks. Science has attacked the church. We've had the church attack the church. That's, this, that's unfortunate. We've had outsiders. We've had insiders. We've had everything known to man try to attack the church. We've had principalities in unseen places attack the church. But the church continues to stand on the rock of Christ. In fact, the psalmist says it this way. He is my only rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. See, the church is incomparable. It began incomparable. It continues to be incomparable. The church now is also unshakable, just like the church was in those days. Peter and John, they looked the council in the eye and they said, well, let me tell you how we've healed this man. We've healed him in the name of Jesus. Oh, the one you crucified. Unshakable faith. Unshakable bravery and courage. Unshakable the church began unshakable. And, and we need to be reminding ourselves that the church cannot be shaken. That the powers of hell are kept at bay because we serve a great God that is watching over us and caring for us. Peter and John, they quote, that passage, the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. In other words, even the foolishness of preaching, what I'm doing right now, feels foolish. But when we preach Jesus is the rock and the cornerstone, then it crushes the doubts of those around us. Because it silences those who think that they're intellectually stronger and smarter. Because we believe that there is no other way to be saved 
but through Christ. We believe that resurrection from the dead happens in faith in Jesus Christ alone. The church is unshakable. The church is incomparable. The foundational purpose of the church still remains today. How it began and how it continues, well, that's your job. And that's my job. As the Holy Spirit empowers us to not only be hearers of the word, but doers as well. Let's pray. God, with this great example in front of us today, Peter and John were were more than just mere hearers of the word. They were doers. Strong in power and might. Strong in, in even miracles. Lord, would you consider your church today? Would you look upon us and would you quicken us? Challenge us to your holiness? Remind us of who you are? Would you continue to call us out to do big things and great things for you? Lord, would we become more than just hearers of this message, but doers? We pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church.